Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining us once again. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you for believing in me. And again, thank all of you listeners for tuning in week after week after week. We are cranking now. We just hit 120,000 downloads, and we're still moving forward fast. And I'm just grateful for you guys and for sharing this, and then also for all the guests. The guests I've had on are fantastic. They're amazing people. And today is no different. Today, we have a, a beautiful soul today. Her name's Julia Bender. Julia, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So a little bit about Julia. Um, she's, a, she's a mother of four children. They're beautiful kids. Uh, she's very artistic. Uh, she was born and raised LDS, graduated from BYU in photography. And if I understand correctly, you've been doing that now for 14 years. Photography, is that correct? Yep. And her husband's in the military and uh, she just lives a really amazing life, but she's been through a lot. Uh, she struggled with an unexplained infertility, postpartum, and then severe depression followed by extreme health issues, in, not just with herself, but also with her youngest son. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, she was at a point where she became someone that she's not wanted to be. She was tired, exhausted. She felt like she wanted to leave the family. And many people listening to this can maybe relate because we all go through very difficult times. And Julia has been through a lot. But what I love about Julia is that not only did she acknowledge the struggle, she did what it took to find the tools, the help, and the strength that she needed to kind of get to a point where now she believes she's thriving, her family's thriving. And I just can't wait for us to hear this whole journey today. And so Julia, again, thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to hear your story. And uh, I know our listeners will be as well. Thank you. Um, it's been a bit of a journey. And I, I always kind of think, you know, for a long time, I thought, why? Like, why all these struggles? Why me? Like, I mean, I had a pretty decent childhood, right? I didn't have any right. trauma. And I look at that and I just think I just, it was just time. Like everybody goes through something at some point, when's the time. Yeah. And so if you haven't been through anything, it doesn't mean something's like coming, but it means, I mean, I believe in my faith that we're tried and we're tested. And there's times that we have to sink low enough to, to understand not only others, so we can help them on their path but so we can figure out like where we are and where we need to be. Yeah. And I think of it a lot, like, like a diamond, you know, like how much pressure goes on to a diamond and how much refinement and under high, high pressure and high, high strength diamonds are formed and, and a life of like neutrality is fine. But I always used to look at other people and be so inspired by their stories. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm just me. I'm just me. And I'm just like a mom who's like getting by and figuring things out. And what I've learned over time is the more you open up and the more you share any of your struggles and any of the things that you're going through, there are people a few steps behind you that need to hear that there's hope that need right. to hear that like something better is possible because there's people, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in the world, right? Millions that are just like where you were two weeks ago, that were where you were five years ago, that were where you were 10 years ago and are just drowning and right. all we're looking for, like what I looked for when I heard those stories was just hope and possibilities. Right. So it's oh, beautiful. Well, I'm excited to get more into that. Why don't we start with just tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your family. I know that uh, 
you were raised with a mom who was adopted from Korea. Um, that that's an interesting story as well. So just give us a little background on where you grew up and how your child uh, life was like. Yeah, I was born in Los Angeles. We moved to Northern California um, when I was two. So obviously I don't remember those first two years. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents both come from kind of interesting backgrounds and that's what probably brought them together. My dad's parents were divorced at 11 and um, Mm -hmm. they were remarried and both of them two to three times each. And so he kind of grew up in a broken family and a survival type of mentality from the time he was 11. And, um, and then my mom on her end was adopted during the Korean war. She was around nine years old. Um, her father was killed when she was like four or five and she was Mm. kind of put from family to family, all the relatives during war period to try to get more food and care eventually brought to an orphanage. She has one younger sister, two years younger, um, to get consistent food and care and education. And from there they were, she was adopted and her sister was not and was pulled out of the orphanage. Back then they didn't always group siblings. Um, And so she was brought to San Francisco to a home that was LDS, but it was also um, not like the good kind of any religious family. It was a very abusive (laughs) family. So it was very abusive in, in all the different ways. And Um, she finally left the house at 21. She bought a one-way ticket to Hawaii and around 21 after college and showed up and ended up working in the same office building as my dad. Oh, okay. So that's kind of how they met. And, and my dad ended up joining the church. Um, he, he learned and heard about like eternal families and how marriages aren't just like temporary, but they are commitment that you make. And that was very appealing to him. And my mom miraculously could see through her faith that he didn't practice it, but the core principles were something that she wanted to stick through and that God brought her to a healing path of maybe a lot of discomfort and trauma the first half of her life, but she could change the second half of her life. And that's truly why she was brought to America to meet my dad, to have a family, to have, to have a life of more blessings and, and all of that later in life, which is a really unique, you know, survival perspective. For sure. Um, so I was raised in a good family um, and went to school, went to elementary school, like all the pretty typical kid things growing up. So what were some of the lessons, you know, if you think back in your childhood that really stand out to you today that you maybe even teach your own children? Um, <laughs> my dad was always very, I haven't thought about this in a while. My dad was always very, um, open with money. That's something that I always remember. We had a board, like a white piece of paper on the fridge. Okay. And it was like, this is how you can earn money and money will also disappear. Like you're rude (laughs) minus $5. And we'd be like, what? Say that again, (laughs) minus five more dollars. Good grades. Here's, here's money for your grades. Like here's things for working really hard. Um, Money was always talked about. My mom was incredibly thrifty. So is my dad. And it was always something that we discussed, that we openly discussed. There were times I couldn't go out in high school because I was in the hole um, and I owed $15. Um, And there was times where I had an abundance where I could use it and do what I wanted with it. So um, budgeting and all of that from a young age was was always there. Um, My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was, because she was raised um, without that, she... 
And without that, like really dedicated love, my parents yeah. are very parental. Like they, they will parent us until the day they're dead because <laughs> right. they, they didn't have that as much and they want to make sure they're always available and they're, you know, they're always like, they have done their best in their life to parent their kids and grandparents and their grandkids. So, um, so always available, That's um, great like sometimes not so good, right? In fourth grade, my mom would come in and third grade every picture day and people would be like, Julie, your mom's here. And I'm like, no, she, no, gosh, please no. <laughs> and she would show up and she would rebraid my hair right. and put some lip gloss on. And I was like, oh my gosh. And everyone would be like, like, hi, Mrs. Abelman. <laughs> Julia, here's your mom. And my mom's like, and you look so good in your pictures. And again, because she didn't have that yeah. at all. Right. Bring up. So for me, it was very like a lot, yeah. but for her, it was like, what I had always wanted for sure. Right. And what I wished yeah. I could have had. So always balancing that out, you yeah, know, and understanding like, that background. Yeah. It sounded like you had to really work hard. You know, you were expected to get the good grades and get things done and, and live a certain way. They taught you discipline is what I'm hearing in a lot of ways. Yeah. They taught us to work hard, to work hard in school, that those things are important. And me as a girl, I had two brothers, one on either end of me. Mm -hmm. School was always important. Education was important. Um, working hard and getting into college. I was the first girl um, in my family history on my dad's side to attend and, and complete a four-year degree um, okay. from college. So that was something that was really important to my dad. Well, that's like, awesome. This is where you're going to go to college. He actually, when I got my acceptance letter to BYU, it was so skinny. He said, I'm so sorry you didn't get in. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we'll just open it. And I'm like, dad, I got in. He's like, you did? <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a funny, funny that little story. Funny. Yeah. It's like, this <laughs> um, is too thin. You know, they probably just said no really quick. You're done. <laughs> sorry about that. But I mean, we were the kids that like, you know, on road trips, we weren't on tablets. We weren't on video games. Like we were writing reports for school. We had to right. study the SAT and ACT on our drives to Utah over the summer. Like we were writing reports for my dad. My mm -hmm. mom had us on the hallway floor studying, you know, for the spelling bee. Her, her, her right in life is that all three of us won the fifth grade spelling bee and all of our names are still on the plaques in elementary school. Nice. You know, we just sat there and we should have been outside <laughs> and we were on to go outside and she'd be like, next card, next card, next card. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's really cool that they were so, so involved that way, you know? So you, you go to BYU and then, you know, you, you're obviously passionate about photography. Did that happen when you were at BYU or did that happen when you were younger? Did you, you know, realize that you have this passion for it? So I actually went to school. I thought I was going to be a graphic designer. Okay. And I, my dad was such a like involved parent in school that I actually, you know, I, I learned a lot of self-discipline with his help. But when I went to college, I didn't have it on my own because I never failed because of his help. Mm -hmm. I, I never failed. I never did really bad in high school or middle school. I always did good enough because of his help. So when I went to college, I was like, surely I can figure this out. And I really didn't have a lot of self-discipline for school. So I didn't do that well. I actually got kicked out of BYU freshman year. Oh, really? And they said, your grades need to come up or you can't come back. And I was so horrified because there's a certain part in college where like, you're like, I can totally catch up. And then you realize you have 60 pages to read and four papers to write. And you're like yeah. drowning yeah. if you're not disciplined. And so I went to Utah State. I loved it. I took design classes. I went to the dark room and took a photography class. I fell in love and I was like, this is what I need to be doing. And if I'm going to do it, I've got to figure it out. So I worked super hard at school. I got all A's and B's. 
um, I decided to do a study abroad with BYU in France. So I went to France for a semester and I found a lot more people like me. Um, BYU was really hard for me socially because I came from a place where I was like one of two to three LDS people in my entire high school. Okay. And so I felt like this is my belief and, and I'm strong in it to all different levels of like what it means to be a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? Yeah, right. All different varying, like the partiers, the scripture readers, like I didn't, the daters, <laughs> like I just didn't know where I fit in. Yeah. And I had to figure that out on my own away from my parents what I believed in, what I stood for, and figuring out my true beliefs. So I went to school, I did really good. I went to France, I found a lot more people that were like, that were like me, that loved to learn. We learned about all different religions in France. We worked really hard, we learned the language. I learned to be independent without my family. Um, I got to be homesick for the first time ever, you know? And, um, and I went and I came back and I came back to BYU and then I enrolled in the photography program. I got accepted and I did really, really well in school from then on because I was determined and I loved yeah. my craft and I loved what I did. Right. Um, and I loved it because I got to my focus with people. I loved people. And I've, I've learned a lot along the way about what I do with people and like what my skills and talents are around people. But initially it was just that I love, I love observing and finding beauty in people. But all of that for many years was like hiding behind this camera. Like I could see it and I could click it and we could talk about this later, but it took me years and years for me to speak it. Really? But it was a place where I felt I could see light and beauty and then I could share it with other people. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, I do want to talk more about that for sure. You know, we talked about in the, in the beginning here, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot of struggles even to the point where, I mean, you were severely depressed and, and I know this might be even hard to talk about a little bit, but I, a lot of our listeners need to hear this story today. And because a lot of them are, are kind of in your same boat, honestly, uh, where you found yourself in back then. So talk about, you know, what you went through with this, you know, obviously you're married at this point, uh, to your husband and he's, like I said, he's in the military just kind of take it from there and tell us about what happened and, and go through that story with us. Um, we struggled with unexplained infertility. I've learned since then, you know, how a lot of medications and antibiotics can contribute and hormone treatments to throwing your body off balance. But mm -hmm. we're, you know, I always wanted to have kids. That was culturally what I wanted. I wanted to be a mother and we couldn't, and they didn't know why. I wish they had like an answer, but it was almost right. harder to hear. We don't know why. Mm. So I prayed and prayed and I couldn't figure out why. And with a lot of fertility treatments, we were able to have our first. Um, but I was so focused that like we had the baby. I didn't even know. I remember driving once and, and Ronan was maybe like a year and a half. And Jan and I were fighting and he said, what is wrong with you? And I said, mm. I don't know. Like we, neither of us even mm. recognized or thought about postpartum. And he's like, it's like, you want me to help you or you need me to help me, but you, I am the worst person to help you. Like nobody can help you. Like, what do you even know you need? And I was like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like, you're bothering me. Everyone's bothering me. Everyone makes me feel sad. Like I just had this like internal frustration. And also I didn't feel like I, I had so much anxiety around having a first. Um, he had really yeah. bad reflux. And I remember, I remember these thoughts of like, I totally get how people can shake a baby until they die. Because I was like, what's, I fed you, I clothed you, I, 
I did all the stuff. Like I, I remember shaking and being like, I don't know how to help you. And feeling like I'm yeah. in this room alone. And I, I was thinking who lets people have a baby by themselves? Yeah. Like how, why is it there a six week check-in? Like, shouldn't they be checking on you like three times a week? We don't even know what we're doing. Yeah. Right. This is crazy. Like my baby's screaming. I don't even know how to help them. Um, and I just remember feeling so alone and then feeling so guilty for all of these feelings. Yeah. And it just wasn't openly talked about at all. Um, wow. for me enough. Like if you feel these right. feelings, call this number. If you yeah. feel these feelings, you're not alone. If you feel this, you're totally normal. And now there's so many Facebook groups and things like that, where people can validate you. You're like, is it just me? And you have like 200 moms that are like, absolutely not. I feel the same way mm. and it gets better or things shift. Yeah. And so that happened after my first, um, again, after my second, and I just finished nursing and we, we had, my husband was about to leave for a deployment and I unexpectedly got pregnant with my third. So my hormones were just all out of mm -hmm. whack. And I was terrified that I was going to have this baby alone. And even though he didn't, my husband didn't go anywhere that year. I had this baby and my postpartum depression came back and it didn't go away. Mm -hmm. And it didn't go away to the point where I remember like one specific incident where a friend of mine knocked on my door and all my lights were off. It was like five o'clock. And I remember just sitting in the chair and she had an impression to come to my house mm -hmm. and I opened the door and I just started bawling. And she said, Hey, you're going to give me your baby and you're just going to get out of here. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. And she said, it's okay. You're just going to give me your baby and you're just going to go. And I go, where do I go? She goes, wherever you want. And so like a typical mom, I'm like, I guess I'll go to Costco, right? Costco <laughs> solves all the world's problems. So I went to Costco and I, I went, you know, numbly Costco. grocery shopping. And I came home and she had turned all the lights on and she, she had literally just gone to the grocery store and packed her car, pulled groceries out of there, made my family a warm dinner. And I came back, my husband was sitting down with the kids and she was gone. And I will never forget that moment where she said, I just had a feeling I should go to your house. Wow. And that was where I was like, something is really wrong. Um, the months following, I remember being like, it totally makes sense how I hear those women walk on the freeway and they just yeah. kind of get hit. You know, people would be like, I'm shocked this mother in this, in this news article got hit. And she, why would she do that? And I'm like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. You don't, there's not really an explanation except that the feelings of like, sadness and overwhelm and defeat are so strong. You just feel like something's so wrong with me. What if I just disappeared? Like the emotional feelings are so much um, more difficult that it's almost like a physical sensation would be better. Yeah. And I don't really know how else to explain it, but that. So how long did this go on? I mean, that was amazing that that person, you know, reached out to you in that moment of despair that what a powerful story that is. I mean, that brought tears to my eyes. How long did this go on for after this? Did it, did you just feel depressed for, for several months or did it go on for a couple of years? Um, it, I really, she kept saying like, just bottle feed your baby and get on an antidepressant. And I just kept thinking, I can't, I don't know why my, I was just like, yeah. it's okay. You're not a bad mom if you do. And I said, I feel like I'll be a bad mom. I just need to nurse him until he stops and then I'll get on one. And I just had that strong feeling, even though I knew that I was suffering for longer and my family was. Yeah. Um, and so around 10 months, he self-weaned and I immediately got on an antidepressant for probably a good 
six to eight months. And I, over the course of the next couple of years, I tried two to three. I hated most of all of them. They all had side effects that didn't make yeah. me feel like me. Um, yeah. I remember one of them, I was just yawn all day. So I just, I couldn't function. I was yawning. I wanted to sleep in. I would tell my kids, my legs don't move after until eight o'clock. Um, I just felt groggy and, and all of those times I took it and I was like, I know it's helping my mental health, but I, this isn't like being a mom. Yeah. Like it, I don't want to like float through life numb. Like this, I don't feel good with this either. Like there's gotta be a different way, but I don't know. The only way that they're telling me is medication. And I had therapists. I had all of the stuff. I tried to fight for all the right things. I was going to the gym like three times a week. Um, I was trying to do all the things. The next one, I gained a bunch of weight. And I just, my husband, I remember him saying like, it's okay if you're curvy, as long as you're happy. And I was like, that's not health. Like, I don't want to be curvy. I want to like run after my kids. I want to, yeah. I want to feel confident in who I am. And I want to feel strong. And I don't know why, like, this is the only option. And so that kind of led me down a different health path, you know, in the years following as well. Wow. So and is this where, was this the time, you know, cause I, I've been, you know, my research on you and then watching some of your YouTube videos as well. You can't, you got to this point where, you know, you talked about where you were tired, exhausted, yelling, wanting to leave. You became someone that you thought you'd never would become. Is this, is this the time yeah. that you're talking about? Is this when all that was coming to a head, so to speak? Yeah. All the depression, I would scream all the time. I would yell. I remember I remember slapping, I haven't told anybody this, my little boy, he was like three and he was in the bathroom playing with toys and he just made a disaster. And I walked in and I was like, what are you doing? And I slapped him and then I just mm. panicked yeah. and I backed up and I was like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And I couldn't stop. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I just remember thinking, I will never have more children. Yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't put my family through this. We're done. Like we're done. My body physically can't handle this. My mind can't handle this. Yeah. I remember thinking my daughter will look at me and say, I don't ever want to be a mom. I don't want to be a mom because moms are angry yeah. and they're tired and they yell at their kids and they're not happy. And I just remember being like, you know, everyone said, you know, when you have young kids, it'll get better and you're just tired. But this isn't what I wanted as a mom. Like right, I, I didn't yeah. want to be this mom that was like sure. sometimes happy, but generally just yeah. exhausted and angry and sick, like mentally just destroyed. Like that, that to me, I was like this, I used to be like, you know, maybe you'll find someone else to my husband and she'll come in. He's like, who? Right. We have these conversations. Who do you have for me? And I'm like, I don't know, but she'll be happy. Don't be sick. And she'll love my babies. And it won't be me. And he's like, but they want you. They don't want somebody else. And I thought, but who wants this? This is miserable. And I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see possibly. Abilities. I couldn't see a path for change. I couldn't see, I couldn't see what God sees in one of his daughters. Right. I just saw a lot of emptiness and defeat and like barely trying to hold on and just being like, this is too much. 
Yeah. Like no, no one shared this part about motherhood. Right. Yeah. I wasn't expecting. Like there's no, there's yeah. no like return program. It's like once you're in, you're in. So now what you yeah. just suffer. Wow. Wow. That's, I, I can feel, I can feel what you're saying here and I'm sure our listeners can as well. And thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy to talk about. You know, I, I know you also mentioned not to keep stay, saying on this, but you know, you, you were, you were, you said something to the effect that your kids are going to view you saying, well, if this is what it's like to have kids, they'll never have kids themselves. Yeah. You know, and I believed it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought they're not going to want to get married and they're, sh- they're never going to want kids. Yeah. Cause they'll say, I remember my mom. I just don't want to put my kids through that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm glad you're sharing this because there's a, there's a concept that I talk a lot about with my own clients where the greater the darkness, the greater the light. And you were obviously in some deep darkness there with everything that you were going through. I know, I know things have changed now for you. Talk about that journey, getting out of this. And you, you mentioned even learning some tools, obviously changing the way you take care of your body and a bunch of things there. But I'm excited for them to hear how you, yeah. you know, what you did to start to turn some things around for you. Well, also, I just want to mention that, like, if you struggle with this, no matter what you do, there may be times where it comes back. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me is now recognizing it and then shifting my mindset to like, but am I doing these things? Mm. And if I'm not, then that's on me. Like, we can't just be like, it comes back and I'm defeated and something was wrong with me. We have to be like, I'm feeling these feelings again. I'm crying on the floor of my closet. Everything's crumbling. Pull back. Am I, am I doing these things on my list? And even if you have to literally write a visible list of like what your, what your things are that can help you, sure. there are tools. And so many times we're just like, shot of the tools, but those tools are your medicine. And so no one that's sick that needs medicine just skips like half the days and hopes that you're fine. Right. Yeah. And I chose to not do medicine, but to do other things. And so if I let go of all those other things, I can, under a lot of stress, feel those same feelings again. So I just want to express to you that like, if you're listening, do the things and fight for your health. Like this isn't, this isn't like a fight and you're always at the top and you're always winning. You'll never go back. Like that's not reality, but the reality is, is hope and hope that like, as you get tools, then you turn to the tools and they lift you back up and you turn to the tools and they lift you back up. So um, in my mid thirties on like, after all of those, the mental health, I was diagnosed with a viral, um, thyroid imbalance that put me in on bed rest for two weeks. And then an autoimmune disorder oh, wow. at the same time, my son had infant asthma really bad. And he also started having febrile seizures. Man. So add that plus a husband who was like gone a lot. And so a lot of times the seizures, I was alone with those, which if you've ever had a child with seizures, they're terrifying. And I remember going to the doctors and being like, is this stress related? Like for me, am I getting these because of all the stress in my life or because other things are off? And they're like, no, 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 it's just hereditary. And it's just what you have. And this is just your path and just take these meds. And I was like, okay, there's gotta be something different. And so friend of mine that I didn't even know that well posted about um, getting to the root cause of health and gut health and inflammation and blood sugar balance and healing and how 
melatonin and serotonin are produced in the gut. And I just was like, well, that makes sense. Like something within me, I think felt hope for the first time in a long time. Mm. And so I just said, can I try what you're doing? And as I started to heal, a lot of times we think brain health, like, or physical health, they're not connected, but really God created like an incredible human body. And with the ability to deteriorate, there's also the ability to heal. And I think so often we see the deterioration as I'm just getting older, or it's just because I had kids, or that's just who I am. It's part of my story. And it begins to become their story. And I did not want depression to be my story. Ooh, I love that. I did not want it to define who I am. I'm Julia, the one who suffers with depression. I hated when my mom for years would say, how are you doing? Are you okay? I I hated feeling like pity. And and it's not to say that she did the wrong thing. Right. But I was like, no, what about the other stuff about me? Um, I didn't want that to be my story. And so as Mm. I started to heal and started to heal those imbalances and to like, to, to like heal layer upon layer and, and start rising up out of all these different things that were plaguing me and to slowly pull myself off these medications. And then doing so, I started changing my habits. I started drinking more water as my sleep improved, my energy improved. So I started going to the gym more often, mm. which also an additional helps with yeah. dopamine and serotonin. As I, as I saw the need to help more people, my brain turned from Julia, 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 Julia to who needs my help today? Who wow. needs my help today? Who needs my help today? Who can I Ooh. serve? Love that. And those, those little shifts made a huge difference because it's so simple and overwhelming to be consumed in what you're struggling with. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't, or it's not valid. But if there's any part of you that can be like, if you see other people that are worse or have different things and you're helping them heal, you begin to heal. It takes the shift off your brain. Mm. There's something, there's something, I don't know what it is like scientifically that helps your brain when you're able to serve and help somebody else. Yeah. It goes along with, uh, what you focus on increases, you know, it's kind of like the law of the universe. And so I love what you're saying there. Like who needs my help today? You know, I, I work with a lot of clients who struggle with addiction and things like that. And that's one of the things we teach them. So I'm so glad you said that because, And then the other thing that really hit me hard, uh, Julia, is when you said, I don't want depression to be my story. I'm so much more than that. And uh, that was beautiful. Well said. And thank you for sharing that part of it. A lot of like one of the things and we kind of made it into a family thing. So like one of my things is that every time I go to Trader Joe's, which isn't every week, it's like every couple of weeks, once a month. Yeah. They have such inexpensive flowers and treats. And I would pick up three, two to three, and we'd get in the car and we'd say, who are these going to? Mm. And then we'd leave and on the way home, we'd drop them off to people, neighbors, people from church, people from school. My kids would throw out a name. We taught, I taught them, this is just what we do. And they would say, how about this one lady? Or what about that, that older lady at church? Or what about our neighbor? They would love this. And I'd say, yeah. And so I would drop it off and they would say, what's this for? I don't know just thought you might like it. And oh, I give wow. them a hug and I leave. <laughs> that to me was Love part it. of a routine of, of what I did. And that didn't cost a lot of money or we'd write letters to people. Um, other things that I've done 
you talked about like a routine that I do every day is prayer. Um, one of the things that I say in my prayer that I've changed in the last six months is there's a quote. And so I pulled from it with a friend and it says, use me, God, use me, like help me take, I don't know the whole mm. thing, but like who I am and who I want to be and use it to serve others. Like who needs my help today? And maybe that's not for my business. Maybe it's that a friend needs a phone call. Maybe it's okay. a friend needs a letter. Maybe it's someone needs their child watched. But how can I, what do I have to offer other people and how can I serve somebody else today? Wow. Another thing wow. for me is affirmations. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working with Tiffany Peterson right now and she has us with a post-it on our mirror and you cannot say it in your own head. You have to say it out loud, which is incredibly difficult, but I have, and I brought it, I brought it here. Yeah, right. I know you guys can't see it, but I'll read them out loud. Okay. So this is what I say to myself in the mirror every day. And it can be totally awkward in the beginning, but whatever you write down, just write it with confidence and say it for 30 days out loud in the mirror every morning. I am valuable. I matter. I am enough. I am worthy. I am deserving. I forgive you. I trust you. I allow myself to receive. I am happy. I am a conscious creator. I love you. Wow. Beautiful. When I grew up in our church, we used to say these things, like similar kind of things as a teen. I am a daughter of God. And then around 18, you stop saying that every Sunday. Yeah. And as you grow up, you stop saying them to yourself. Wow. And other things cloud in your head. But part of that stuff, you know, in church was like, I am a daughter of like infinite value and infinite worth. And I remember that we taught this principle in one of her courses and a friend of mine on my, on my work team stood up and she put her hand on her heart and she said those things. And I remember she said my entire life, my mom, nobody told me I am worthy and I am valuable. And this is the first time in my life that I feel that. Man. And so what we can do, not only for ourselves, but for other people, because as we're learning these things in life, to teach them. Yeah. And as you teach them, it builds your testimony of like how powerful it is and what it can do for people. Yeah. We don't, you can't expect people in your life, even your spouse, your kids to tell you these things every day or your parents. Like it's, you have to tell yourself and you have to believe it yourself if you want to change. And even if you don't believe one ounce of it, write down what you would tell your like your child, like your yourself yeah. as a child. Like yeah. look back and be like, what did that child miss us? And, and I don't think that like my as a child, I miss that. But what what does my inner child need to hear every day? What does my soul need to hear? And then you can picture somebody saying it to you, but really it's you have to believe it yourself. And so that's mm. something that I do every single day that I've been doing for about two months now. Wow, it's beautiful. I love it. And shout out to Tiffany Peterson. I love her. She's amazing. That girl's a, a powerhouse. And uh, and I'm so grateful that you shared that routine with us because I think, you know, I, I have this philosophy that if you win the first hour of the day, you win the day. If you lose the first hour of the day, you spend the rest of the day looking for it. And when you have this routine that you just pointed out, you know, prayer, you ask God to use you to, to help others. You have these affirmations. I've also seen you post things about, Hey, I'm going to take a, I'm taking time out to share some gratitude. Obviously that's a big part of what you're doing as well. I just, yep. 
I love all of that because it's these little simple little things, but yet they're so powerful in how they can shape our day and our moments, right? Yeah. Well, there's this great book that I read last year called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Mm. Something like that. And that was huge for me. Like all these things that you tell yourself, like, I'm just this, or like things you don't even recognize. One of my top things was I'm just really not good at people's names. That's what I told myself for years. Nobody told me this. My parents didn't. I told myself yeah. this. Yeah. And so I would meet you and I could, I could recognize your face as a visual person for, for 30 years. I would run into you and I'd be like, we've met before. But five minutes after we met, I'd be like, I'm sorry, remind me of your name again. And I just told myself, I, I know faces. I just don't know names. I'm just not good at that. Yeah. Why? No reason. So learning that the words that we speak to ourselves, that our words are actually a computer program and we can yeah. rewrite that story any day we decide. Yeah. And so I switched it one day to, I can remember people's names. And I met this lady at church and I'm like, my name is Michelle. Awesome. Michelle, I have another friend named Michelle. So that's really simple. Um, Todd, I went to high school with a guy named Todd. I can remember that. And then I said, Michelle, it's so great to meet you. Well, three months later, I still know her name is Michelle. Yeah. And I just rewrote that story. So that's a powerful book on literally retraining your thoughts and how your thoughts dictate your actions and your actions dictate your habits. And like all of those things come into play. So some of my routines are exercise, breathing and grounding. Yeah. Um, I know you're grounding really... meaning okay. like physically walking outside barefoot, um, closing my eyes, hearing, seeing, touching, um, what those five senses, right? What can you touch? What can you see? Especially when I'm like activated and I'm stressed out and my mind's spiraling. Um, what can I see? What can I touch? What can I hear? What can I smell? like tapping into those senses and then deep, deep breathing. And I focus on breathing every single day. And those are huge. Um, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like things aren't working, when you're feeling stressed um, and it helps shift your mindset. Wow, I love that. Exercise for me is huge. Like literal yeah. endorphins, somebody pushing me farther than I can push myself. Like the complete satisfaction that comes from pushing yourself harder than you would, than you thought you could. And that sense of accomplishment and all the endorphins is so good for mental health. Like that, that's like the biggest missing component of what I would call medicine is, is that, and when you're exhausted and you're depressed, that's usually the last thing you want to do. So just go outside, take a walk. Like you don't have to go run or lift a bunch of weights to begin with, but do something like 10 minutes outside. Wow. I love it. Very, very good. And exercise, I, I agree with you, is such a big part of all of this, you know, getting up and moving and all that. So yeah, very, very powerful. And I love your story about, hey, the only reason why you don't remember names is because it's just the story you told yourself. And it's just a story. It doesn't mean it's real. And change the story, you change your life. So thank you for sharing that wisdom with us. That's powerful. Because you can, there's a lot of people that will post, I've I'm depressed. I struggle with depression. And it's not to say that that's not true, but if that becomes your main introduction, that becomes who you are. Yep. And it's not to say that you don't struggle with depression, but just the acknowledgement that if you're like, I struggle with depression and I struggle with depression and I struggle with depression, you're going to struggle with depression. But if yeah. you're like, I struggle. And so I'm going to do this or mm-hmm. Because I struggle, I'm going to take care of myself. Yeah. Or I'm acknowledging that these feelings are valid. And so what am I going to do about it? Yeah. 
Well, I know now, you know, way, the way you live your life, you're very passionate about helping other people. What are, what are kind of your thoughts on that? Like, what are your plans with that? I mean, obviously you do the, the simple everyday things when you're with your own kids, you're, you're giving away love and happiness and cookies and things like that. But do you have plans like stuff you want to do, like maybe on a bigger scale, or is it just every day, just reaching out to the one that suffers? Um, so right now I, I've kind of shifted to be a health coach because of what I struggled with. And I still shoot. Um, something that I realized was that I was doing a lot of hiding with photography. Okay. I hid and I hid my voice and I had a lot to say, but I remember for years I would shoot. And then I remember one time a friend shot our family and the whole time she was taking pictures, she was speaking. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. You guys look amazing. Holy cow. This light is incredible. You are just yeah. gorgeous. And like, I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. you can't like not smile. Right. Yeah. And, or laugh or like, be like, I must look amazing. And I remember my husband was like, do you see how she does that? Like, do you see how it changes on the, the recipient end of, of the shoots yeah. you could try that sometime. I know you think those, but you should try speaking them. And I was like, okay. And it was so awkward in the beginning yeah. because I was like, you look fantastic, but it <laughs> became something that I started to speak to. And right. now I'm at a place where like on a lot of our work events, I will shoot, but I've, I've learned to actually reach down deep into people because I've discovered my voice. And mm. I will say, what do you want to do with this path? What do you want to create? And then I shoot them. Who do you want to impact? Why are you sharing health and happiness with others? What is your long-term goal? Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And then I hear stuff come out. I want to build a center for kids with ADHD and their face changes. I want to help an orphanage, fund an orphanage and yeah. their face changes. Yeah. And then I shoot or I have a lady who's like, oh my gosh, I just, I've gained five pounds or 10 pounds. I just feel so blah. And I go, you are incredible and you are beautiful. And I speak to them. Yeah. The things I've learned to speak to myself and their entire countenance changes. Wow. And I put That's people awesome. in beautiful light and then I've learned to speak that beauty into them. And I've learned that from there. And then I take that into my work and I take that into helping people with their health. And I speak possibilities because if people can see hope and feel hope, that's the ticket. Wow. With mental health, with physical health, with financial health, People are in such a rut that like we're saying, it's become their story. They need right. somebody to offer them a lifeline. And yeah. I remember being in the depths and my husband being like, you know, he's a military guy. He's like, I feel like the ropes down. And I'm just like, get out, get out. Like, just come out, like, get out here. I'll pull you up. Like, let's move on. And I was like, yeah. I can't. He's like, what do you need? And I'm like, I just kind of need you in here with me. He's like, why would I want to do that? I don't want to do that. And I said, I know, but that's what I need. Yeah. Wow. I need you in there with me. And then I need you to help me get out. I need, I need to figure out how I can get out on my own. I need some hope. I've got to figure that out within me. Yeah. You know, it has to be an internal drive for hope that sure. you want something different, that you don't want this to be your story, that you want something else and you want, you want more. And the more you can see, and the more you heal yourself, the more you can see. But when you're in the depths of it, if that becomes your story, you just can't see anything else. And if you can get like one shift above it 
and you start to serve and you start to speak to yourself different and you start to see possibilities and you do the work, then things shift in your life and you think, gosh, what else can I do and who else can I help? So for me, it's like, how can I help people on a broader scale? Who can I speak to? Who can I Mm -hmm. speak truth to? I think of Randy Garn, who lives literally just teaches, have a life of service. And he shows up with like a beaming face and he's like, just serve others bigger, better, do one step better. Like, what can you do to serve people just a little bit better, expecting nothing in return? And the universe, God will bring it back to you. Like it's a universal law. Um, I think of a friend, Brooke Hemingway, who's like, I want to show people what's possible. And if I work hard, I will show other people what abundance in all areas can look like. And that for me um, is really what's important. And I've learned that the Lord wants us to be successful financially and in our lives so that Mm -hmm. we can shine our light and impact others. For sure. And he also wants us to enjoy hard work and labor. Like, he wants us to truly thrive in all areas of life. And that's possible. But so many of us see the little lane and they're like, that just must be what God has in store for me. Right. And I just want to shift that perspective. Wow. Like the depths of what you're in, somebody is in it worse. Right. And whatever you can figure out, that's one step ahead. You don't have to have it figured out. If you moved your body, if you breathed, if you did something today, help teach that to someone else, show that for somebody else, show somebody else what's possible. Because right now I get to show my kids that I'm a fighter. Boy, for sure. You and are. that mom didn't settle and mom didn't quit. Yeah. And that there's times where there, I tell them I'm exhausted and I want to quit, but I love you and I'll keep showing up. Amazing. So well said, Julia, that was beautiful. Thank you. You know, if there's someone listening to you right now who is really struggling, they're just kind of in the, they're just, they can relate to your story on so many levels, but they're just not sure what to do in this moment. What's some advice maybe you could give them right now, if they're just in that dark space, what can they do in this moment? What would you tell them? I had an idea and I'm going to switch my idea. It's okay. (laughs) Um, there's a song that I love and maybe you're not spiritual. Maybe you are, but there's a song by Hillsong and it's called oceans where feet may fail. Have you heard of it? I I actually haven't. No. Okay. So your job, your homework. Okay. This is not like a listen in the car passively. This is like put on earphones. Okay put it in your earbuds and turn it on high in a place like a closet somewhere safe and just listen. But that song has been instrumental for me and huge. Can you, can you tell us the name of the song again? It's by Hillsong United and it's called oceans where feet may fail. If you think about the ocean and watch its wave crash, it, like it can demolish. And I know because I've been in the ocean at 13 where I got completely slammed. Mm-hmm. I woke up, my whole bathing suit top was off. I was mortified in the middle of Hawaii, but oh, I was yeah. so just like shocked from the crash and yeah. the slamming that I was like, whatever. <laughs> it's so powerful, but it's also so soothing, so consistent. Um, 
it reminds you that like things will keep shifting and things will keep passing and that there is a purpose to it all. And there is, God has the ability to calm if you trust him. Yeah. But it says basically like where feet may fail and fear surround me, you've never failed and you won't start now. Hmm. So in times for me where I am literally crying and feel like everything is gone, I will listen to that song and I will be reminded that there is more to my life. Yeah. And that no matter how far I think I've gone, there is somebody there that can pull me out. And if anything, even if I can't get out at that moment, there's somebody who knows exactly what it feels like. And who hasn't let his people fail ever. Mm. In fact, the oceans have been moved and mountains have been moved and people have been brought back to life. And if he can bring somebody, a little girl who is dead back to life, surely there's a little bit in there for me. Wow. That's amazing, Julia. And then on a, if you're having like a good day, which mm-hmm. I would encourage you to do, this <laughs> is what I did in the last couple of weeks. This is homework. Okay from Tiffany is to go to your social media and say, I've been asked to do some homework from my friend, Julia. And she's asked for like an experiment. If you could write two to three words that come to mind when you think of me and you can say, please be kind, whatever you want to say. (laughs) But a bunch of us did this and all of us were shocked at the things that came in. And I not only, took those words, I wrote them down. And that's what I would encourage you to do. Physically write them down and then put them where you can see them every day. Because I was so surprised at the words that came in from people like some people I had never met in person, um, people that have known me for years yeah, and words that I was like, wow, really? So many times when we're struggling, we literally see blank. Yeah, We see nothing. We see no value. That is the adversary's like greatest joy. It's to bring to someone who has no hope and no value and no worth. And so if you can put that out there, you will see what you bring to the world and you will be reminded of what you bring to the world. And sometimes that's just what we need. We need to read that list and be like, okay, I matter. My life matters. Yeah. And I'm here and it means something to other people and people need me because I bring these, I bring laughter. I bring courage. I bring, um, art. I bring beauty. I bring confidence. I bring, you know, all these things that I was like, really, you know, it, it, again, it's just like, you, you can say all the things to yourself, but to have other people speak them to you is really, really powerful. Yeah. And sometimes we just don't even ask because we're like, well, that's selfish or, you know, be selfish, be selfish and ask for the things that you need to hear. Yeah. Or tell the people closest to you, what do you love about me? What do you see in me? Yeah. Because sometimes we just can't see it ourselves. Boy, that's a powerful assignment. Um, I'm going to do both. <laughs> I'm going to get that song and I'm going to listen to it like you said. And I'm going okay. to do that assignment as well and ask people three words that describe me. And then um, I, I, I'm going to just follow through with everything that you've said in this whole uh, story that you've shared with us today you're, you're powerful. And I don't know if I could describe you in three words, I would say real powerful 
and confident. And I'd add one more is, and it's kind of the same as real as authentic, you know, and thank you so much for being willing to, to sit with me today and share your story with us. That was amazing. I, I, I feel like I just went through a coaching session with you and I'm just sitting here going, man, I've learned so much today. <laughs> That's one of my goals too. Yep. As to be a coach to other people and to speak to people and to connect with people. Yeah. For a long time in my life, I didn't believe a lot of my voice mm-hmm. and I have like a word, a thing up here right now, of like what I want to accomplish in my life. Oh my gosh. The E just fell off, but it says my voice. Okay. Beautiful. Here's my E. Um, <laughs> and it's not my singing voice that is reserved for the shower and parties with my kids. <laughs> but I believe that through for my sure. voice, mm-hmm. I can help others remember their worth through right. my voice. I can help others have abundance. I can attract light. I can, I know there's an absolute war of darkness and light right now. And people need more light. There's so much darkness. There's plenty of it for everybody. So how can we encourage more light and how can we take our youth and our friends and our family members and be a beacon of light to them and to the world? Because there's plenty, there's plenty of darkness. So how can we shine? And that's just by telling our story. And knowing that your story doesn't have to be anything like tragic or devastating. I mean, mine is in its own way, but I just didn't ever think anything. I was like, it's just me and I'm just depressed and everyone struggles with depression, right? And it is really common, but it doesn't mean it's not any less powerful. Exactly. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. If, If those that are listening to you right now want to reach out to you and find out more about you or follow you on social media or ask you a question, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, You can just go to my, I'm on Facebook, Julia Bender, or you can go to my Instagram, which is fight for the one. Um, I created that because not only of our adoption, but a friend of mine kept pursuing her, her business way past where she could have easily stopped. She reached the top of the company and she relooped. Mm. And financially, she didn't need it. But because she did it, she found me and changed my life. Wow. And so I love it. I will continue because I know that there's people out there praying and waiting for an answer. And that need my voice and that need my story and that need what I have found with my health and my Mm. health story and the products that I have found. And, and I won't stop because if I stop, that means someone doesn't get their prayer answered. Yeah. So Fight for the One is my Instagram. Okay. And I would love to chat with you. Come direct message me. Ask me any questions that you have. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to help anybody that I can. Okay, that's beautiful. Awesome. This has been so great, Julie, to spend some time with you today. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. And, you know, I know you're busy with kids and everything else that you're doing. So thank you. And for being vulnerable today and sharing some really hard things, but also some very beautiful things. And you are the example of the greater the darkness, the greater the light. And, and I know that's what you're doing now. You're sharing that. And I felt your light and love today. So it's been wonderful. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah. One last quick thing I just wanted to share is that because I made changes, we were able to adopt. So in the worst of my health, I thought that we would never have any more children. And I knew that biologically, I didn't think that would be the best idea. I didn't have the tools back then, but we were always um, led to adoption 
or led to those thoughts. It's something that I asked guys that I was dating because of my mom's story. And I, right. and I didn't know about my mom's story until I was in my twenties. I thought she was raised oh. in like a happy household. Okay. So mid twenties, they kind of told us the realities of how she was raised. And I just remember thinking no child should ever be raised in a situation like that ever. And one day I'm going to do it different. And I just had this like determined little spirit that was like, I'm going to do it better one day. Yeah. And so financially it's so expensive. And so this path that I'm on led us to financially adopt without any debt to take our whole family. And because of my health improvements and me fighting for it, we're now able to be a home and to have a little girl who's just turned five in our family from China. And she has completely changed our lives. Oh, awesome. And it's again, when you fight for your health, you just don't know who needs you. Yeah. And who needs you to show up and to, to do it for them and to change their story. And so you have to do the things so that one day when the, when the thing calls, you're able to say yes. Right. And you don't know when that's coming. But if you fight for it now and start today, you'll be able to say yes. When prompted, you'll be able to say yes. When, when God sends you somebody that needs your help. Um, so that's just something else I just wanted to add. No, thank you. And and there's there's so much more. We could spend four more hours talking. That could be part two. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no, no, thank you for sharing that. And again, you have a beautiful family and you're you're an amazing soul who just shares a lot of light in this world. I'm grateful that we've connected and I'm excited for our listeners to to not only listen to this, but uh, learn from it, grow from it, and and share it with other people as well. So that's the goal here. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, there you go, folks. I, I told you another amazing person, Julia Bender, please reach out to her, check out her story. And like I just said a minute ago, share this with people that you know that are struggling because they need to hear these simple yet powerful principles that she lives by. And it's so amazing how she turned her life around. Obviously, she, she has a, a, a deep faith in God who also helped her along this path. And I'm really appreciative that she was willing to share that as well. So there you go, folks. Till next time. I love you guys. And Julia, thanks again. And and I'm, I, here's to all your future success. Thank you.